loads of people went to the platform looking for visibility and doing what other people do instead of doing what suits them and, you know, what makes them shine. That's a bit of an issue at the moment. Hmm. Let's make you think. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Welcome to Virtual Beer Podcast. Grab an online drink with fellow creatives. Virtualbeerpodcast.com. Welcome to Virtual Beer. This is a very special episode because it's the first one I'm actually recording face-to-face. Every previous episode was recorded remotely and that mostly worked fine, but honestly, I just wanted to do something else. But that being said, we are in the pandemic and we are respecting the current measures in the Netherlands. My today's guest is Dainahara Polonia and she is a veteran in the world of online content. She started blogging 11 years ago and her blog Explore Utrecht is a comprehensive bilingual guide to Utrecht for both visitors and locals. Nowadays she has a team of writers and offshoots on different social media platforms. She has also used all of this as a base to start her own content marketing agency. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Today, we'll talk about the wonderful world of online content and hopefully give you some helpful tips as well. So the first post on your blog, and trust me, dear listener, I checked that, (laughs) predates Instagram. (laughs) How different was the whole blogging ecosystem back then? Oh my god, yeah. It's good that you said that. I don't even know when Instagram began, but <laughs> October of 2010. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes, I didn't I didn't like go on Instagram immediately. That I do remember. I think I waited at least a year or something. But anyways, um it was um I started blogging because um I needed something to be like a positive impulse in my life because I just finished um the university. And I was looking for a job and it was like crisis at the moment. So I decided, um, how can I do something that I like to keep me busy, not to keep me thinking about all the letters I was sending out and not getting invited for any job interviews. I was still working at the Rabobank at the moment uh, with uh, lots of other girls working there at the Telefoon Centrale, the switchboard. And mm-hmm. um, so then everyone did something they liked. So one went to um, study Portuguese, the other one, now I don't know, everyone did something and I started my blog. And a colleague that I was working for, she made my logo, which was me carrying lots of shopping bags and having a Blackberry in my hand. So it's also the <laughs> age of Blackberries at the time. <laughs> okay. And that's how it, and I just downloaded WordPress and did some coding and put in the logo and it was done. I was set to go. And you like never stopped after that, right? No, which is, no. And I get this question a lot, but I've really never really like thought about it. Indeed, I never stopped no matter what was going on in my life. It was actually, it's the only continuously thing that I keep on doing. Because I have been, I know, when I was a kid, uh, my mother put me on, I don't know, piano, violin, flute, I don't, dancing, dancing, something that I did for very long as well. I started dancing when I was three and the last time, I think it was around 16 that I stopped. So like dancing and blogging were the only two things that I really kept going. started as a fashion blog, just something I wanted to do. I wasn't looking for anyone else to read it. <laughs> Beside my friends and my colleagues. <laughs> so at a certain point, that changed. Um, yeah, that's that old school uh, approach to blogging. Like yeah. nowadays, you start something and you're immediately like, where are my viewers? You know, and back yeah. in the day, we just blogged for the fun yeah. of it. Yeah, it was fun. It was something you wanted to do. And I think that's why I've kept it going for so long. It's something that I wanted to do. And um, now, well, I monetize it, not completely, but some parts of it. Um, and the reason why I don't want to monetize it completely is I don't want to lose that sense that it's my thing that I want to do. Um, right now you get also, I get lots of questions, for example, via social media. Or people think it's their thing, for example, you know, they, they ask me, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you? I'm like, it's not your blog, go away. But <laughs> <laughs> 
And I was like, you don't pay me. Why should I do something, you know, I don't want to do? And, yeah. and I don't want to lose that. I want to keep it um, something that is is mine. And I've talked about you know, with coaches about this as well, business coaches. And say, well, you have to see it um, as not something that is you. You are not your blog. But after blogging for 10 years, 11 uh, this year, it and about blogging, how you see and how you feel and how you interact with your own city, it is about you. How do you approach um, hiring or like working with other writers? How do you manage having other people contribute to the blog and still keeping it yours? That's a good question. What I, I have a guide, like a brand book, for example, which says like your tone of voice, etc. But I don't want the other writers to lose their voice because everyone writes differently and everyone has a different perspective on things but it needs to match my <laughs> my perspective so luckily i do all the interviews and i pick the people that you know that that, that write for me and then i give them the brand book which also has um seo guidelines and stuff like that and the, the like the main factor of the blog is the experience i want people to talk about the experience and myself and other writers we don't write about things we have never been to so you will never find something on a blog that just, you know, some people just sit behind their computer and... And repost like PR Yeah, repost and yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. They, I, got, I, got, um, I do receive a lot of emails, like PR um, emails, stuff like that. And I know that some people just copy, paste and put it on their blogs. I don't do that. I usually just... Actually, I just delete them. But anyways... Um, and look what's going on in the city. And I write about our experience in the city. So also on the blog, you don't find everything that Utrecht has to offer because it's not about everything in Utrecht. It's about what I like in Utrecht. And some people just, I think some people don't understand that. They, they, maybe I should be more clear about that. But they, usually they think, oh, it's not on there. Have you been? And like, yeah. But it's not up to my standard, so I'm not going to publish anything about it. Yeah, and you reserve so, the rights to not like something. Exactly. And it's not about everything. It's my curated view of Utrecht. It's like my lifestyle in the city. That's what you're actually looking at. Do you consider yourself an influencer? Or is that word, you know, a bit tainted nowadays? It is tainted nowadays. And loads of people say, oh, no, no, I'm a content creator. And it's like, oh my, it's, it's so exhausting. <laughs> because sometimes you don't even take your own pictures. You know, I, I see a content creator as a person that does everything themselves. So you write, you do your videos, you do your um, um, your pictures yourself, um, whatever, your designs, everything you do. You know, you have like different roles within your company. And for example, right now, sometimes you see people advertising on LinkedIn or whatever, or having their profile saying, I'm a content creator. Um, while there are copywriters and also influencer people want, don't want to use it because, yeah, some influencers weren't very smart <laughs> about the deals that they, <laughs> that they like accepted or companies they worked with. But that doesn't count for everyone. You cannot just say, oh, then all influencers are dumb idiots because someone did something or, or made a mistake. So, no, I don't, I don't mind people calling me influencer. And I use the word myself as well, because I don't have a better word for it. And uh, all this being said, uh, what do you think are the main differences between content creators or like people making stuff on the Internet mm -hmm. in 2010 and in 2021? I think the major thing would be back then we started because, it, well, blogging was new. It was fun. It was your like piece of the internet that you can like write, you know, write your feelings. It was seen more as a diary kind of thing. And at the moment, um, what I've seen like through the years of people starting up online, like immediately with that business instinct, oh, I can turn this into a business or I want to go out and dine for free once a week. Or, you know, it's always something else they want instead of, running a blog or running an online community or whatever and to be quite honest that 
that's also why some people don't make it. You don't, you do it for a totally um, like external reason because you want something. You're not doing it because you want to do it. And I think that's the difference. Before we dive deeper into the conversation, this is, um, I'm not going to say my favorite part, but one of the exciting parts of the podcast. What are we drinking? We're drinking my favorite wine. Well, one of my favorite wines, orange wine, the Moscatel from Spain. And I bought it in Utrecht, of course, at a very uh, nice restaurant that makes like food from local ingredients and has natural wines uh, and cheeses and stuff to buy after you had dinner there. Do you want to say the name of the place or do you want to keep it for yourself? Oh, it's Saar. S-A-A-R. It's not in the city center. It's kind of 10 minutes walk from my house. So it's like, well, it's not like a luxurious setting, but um, it's a very good restaurant and they have good natural wines. There's nothing added to it. It's nothing taking out of it. So they just... This is what it is. It's not like clear wine, but you will see. Oh, yeah. Smells very, very fresh, right? Very fruity as well. Uh-huh. So I've never had orange wine. I know that some regions uh, around Europe make it. For mm-hmm. example, I know that there is orange wine in Slovenia, for example, but I never had it. So I'm actually very curious. Mm-hmm. It almost, when you, smell it, when you smell it, it's almost as if you're smelling like the stem of the fruit or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And speaking of food and drinks, um, we had some eclairs before <laughs> mm. before recording this. And that's another shout out. If you're in Rotterdam and you want a really good eclair, a Le Petit Jean, I believe, uh, relatively close to uh, the station and also somewhat close to my house, uh, one of the best eclairs I've probably ever had, especially outside of France. So... A big recommendation for that as well. And the follow-up question to what are we drinking is what are we drinking to, aka what are we drinking to celebrate or to forget? Well, let's go for celebration. Well, let's. I think let's drink to, to, to spring. Finally getting, hopefully, more outside, enjoying the weather, the sun. It just, um, it's an uplifting feeling. And that's what I like about spring. And it's Easter, one of my favorite holidays. And it's also my birthday month. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I didn't know three that. Three things to celebrate. <laughs> awesome. Well, to spring. <laughs> yes. Cheers. At the beginning, Explore Utrecht wasn't Explore Utrecht. It was called mypersonalstyle.nl. Um, how and when did you decide to pivot? Or like, did that happen gradually? The reason why I started is because I got a lot of questions, friends, family, um, colleagues, where I um, buy my clothes. And it was mainly always in Utrecht, like boutique shops. And, and lots of people always went to like Amsterdam or wherever to shop and say, oh, you cannot buy anything in Utrecht so boring they don't have like fashion or whatever but still they kept asking me and I was like that and I was like oh they they sell this here and so that's how it started so it was most like fashion tips etc and when I was working on personal style I uh, uh, went to work for a, a male website which styled outfits for men but everything was mainly about fashion uh, how you can use what's the latest trend whatever how can you style a jeans etc and um, but the basis was always in Utrecht and suddenly like the restaurant business became booming like out of nowhere restaurants were popping up people were, were thinking oh we don't only have cafes in Utrecht anymore we have like good restaurants where you can eat because well, we always had, but also a thing that people thought there wasn't because Utrecht is seen as a city for only students. So there's only cafes where you can buy like bad beer and friet and satay, you know, that's it. And gehakt bal. So just for context, for our listeners who are not familiar with the Netherlands at all, uh, Utrecht is around half an hour by train from Amsterdam, and both cities are in the most densely populated area of the Netherlands. Uh, so many people, if they want to go shopping or whatever, like immediately think of Amsterdam first. 
Whereas nowadays, uh, all the cities in the area are like very cool and there are cool stuff happening everywhere. So more restaurants were coming up. So we were writing more about restaurants as well and cafes, um, festivals. And you don't go to a website. It's called My Personal Style to look up the latest restaurant, you know? Yeah. So um, I pivoted at... Well, it was a good choice, but I had to make a decision to either cut out all of the restaurants and everything else we were writing about and go completely for fashion. Because when I started out uh, with the fashion blog, I got to go to events. I got to go to like Antwerpen, to this very luxurious hotel and to shops. It was more sneaker launches. There was things that were going, oh, oh, what's all this happening? And my blog wasn't really big at that moment. Um, so even then I was getting invites already. I needed to think about it. It was like, do I go fully for fashion or do I go for the city? So I chose to go for the city. And that's why I changed it to my personal style to Explore Utrecht, which took me five months to think <laughs> think of the name. Everything was in English and we, we went from English. I decided to go from English and Dutch. So then uh, there will be extra work, of course, because everything needs to be translated. Were you like not scared uh, you were going to lose, I don't know, your Google rank and your backlinks, et cetera, et cetera? Because I know actually quite a few bloggers who are thinking about changing the name of their website. But, you know, when I tell them, well, you know, you're going to lose everything, basically, uh, they change their minds and just decide to not do it at all. No, no, I'm not so afraid to like change things. Yeah, you have to start again. But that that's it. You have to start again. You, there's nothing else you can make of it. Or you can keep doing something you don't want to do. In this case, I wanted to do both. But I, I didn't just didn't have the time to have like two blogs. So I decided to go one way. And it was a good decision because once we got the name um, and the guy that like the developer put the URL and everything and we and it launched... From there, it was just only gaining gaining readers, gaining followers. After the change and the rebranding, and after 11 years of blogging, if it's no secret, uh, what are your stats? Well, at the moment, well, actually last year, I think December, I decided to like stop writing for a moment because I wanted to really think about what my, my, my next step was going to be like. So I haven't written since December. Um, other people have, which is actually the longest time I've never written a blog for Expert Utrecht. Um, but I'm getting um, anxious to start start going again. So that's good. Um, so the stats is um, it depends. We used to, of course, have also tourists on the website. And because of Corona, that's not happening, which is not a bad thing because it grew um, within Utrecht. So the blog is not um, focused on tourists. It's a blog for people that live in Utrecht and want to get to know their city better through my eyes. So um, uh, like 70% lives in Utrecht and the other percent comes either from the Netherlands or from abroad. So now within Utrecht itself, um, I have like 10K readers a month. And um, uh, Google is doing very good because last year I had this Google um, like SEO project because I've never thought of SEO before. I was just, just write and just do whatever you like, you know. Um, and I was getting into it and then I did the whole project, um, which meant that uh, me and other uh, writers needed to write rewrite, um, I think, about 200 blogs. Um, Sounds like a lot of work. It was a lot of work, yeah. <laughs> but it's good that you only did it recently because I think nowadays uh, Google processes natural language way better. You know, like ah. 10 years ago, you would sound like a robot if you wrote for Google. And yeah. now you <laughs> could actually sound like a person just with keywords in yes, places. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you needed to get used to it as well. Now it's like flowing more and it's mm-hmm. getting better. Um, and in the beginning, it was like, oh... 
it's, my, it's taking away my creativity, you know, but that's really not the I case. I think that's how many writers uh, feel when they start yeah. thinking about SEO. Yeah, yeah, it's not really the case, but I'm very happy because we're getting, uh, the blog is getting loads of hits from Google and Instagram, well, Instagram changed totally concerning the algorithm. I used to get, I think, 200, maybe 100 followers a week. Now it's like, I don't know, 10 or something. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like... Ugh. I lose mine, so... <laughs> yeah, but it's, you lose some, you win some. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know it, in the beginning, I used to like really dive into my numbers, figuring out this is a hit. I should post more of this. But then that's not what the blog and Instagram is about. And lots of people don't understand how Instagram works. So I think also that's an issue because they say... Um, I do polls like twice a year to find out what people like, what they want to see, etc. And then they say, oh, we want restaurant tips. We want this and this. And then when you post food, it gets like almost no likes or no comments or nothing. And when you post, I don't know, a picture of someone standing on a bridge on the Nieuwe Gracht, it goes viral. You know, so it's like, what do you want? <laughs> people don't understand that the thing you want to see more of is the thing you want to like. Yeah. And that's where you have to pay that, play that trick more often, like make sure they do hit the like button on the food post, etc. But I was like, no, this is costing me too much energy. I'm going to do what I want to do. And that's like be like show the city in its full glory and everything. And the housing, you know, the autogracht, sometimes a food post, even if it doesn't get as much likes as I want or as a restaurant, you know, because if you work with people, they're going to look at that as well. They're going to see, because you don't see how much, how many um, people um, like save the post, because I must say like food posts are saved more often than likes, but other people don't see that. And they see like, they think like, oh, but it's not liked that many times, you know? Okay. So this sounds really similar to what I used to do. I used to manage an Amsterdam themed feature account. Uh, And when I took it over, it was around like 20K and then I grew it to like 80k. Oh, nice. I don't do that anymore, sadly. But uh, basically, yeah, the food posts never performed as well. So I was, I would usually try to sandwich a photo that I know was not going to perform between two highly performing photos. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it, it it's always like a little game you need to play with the uh, the followers and yourself. Yes. Uh, in order to like do it properly, how do you? F- choose which networks to focus on i know that at some point you had a very intimidating pinterest strategy yeah uh which (laughs) that's for example unlike instagram that's something that people don't normally see but you're not the first person who told me that like uh they got a lot of hits to their blog by just posting very regularly on pinterest yes yes pinterest really worked good um only because of the tourism, of course, which is kind of non-existing at the moment. So I stopped doing Pinterest at the moment, but I was, as soon as like this is over, I will start up again because I used to get more hits from Pinterest than I did from Instagram. Wow. And people from Instagram just do not want to leave the platform. You want to be there and just scroll all day and whatever. Well, and- Instagram also discourages that. Yeah. So, so I usually never almost never tell people to go to LinkedIn bio. Sometimes I do, but usually actually I just only post tips on there because people want to stay on there. So I do like um, what the platform is made for. I try to do it there. People um, that do Pinterest and Facebook, they do want to read. So they do go to your link. So that's how I do it. And it was like, it was a lot of work because I had four, I think four templates, maybe even five for the same blog post. Because you're trying to figure out which templates, um, which design works best. If I had a brunch list that I wanted to promote, I had to like make five designs of the brunch list and also in two languages. So it was Dutch and English um, and to see which one worked and which one, you know, doesn't. So yeah, it, sometimes it took me a day just to fill out all of those templates. I think maybe like five to six blogs and then fill them out in templates i mean a lot of work 
a lot it of work. Worked. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of the, the the whole like story of YouTube thumbnails. Sometimes mm. a thumbnail just won't convert. Yes. Sometimes the, the simplest, like the stupidest thumbnail you can make converts like crazy, but you kind of like never know. And you know, yeah. if if a video doesn't perform, try changing the thumbnail, maybe even for the worse. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Maybe exactly. maybe that works. Um so there are uh, a lot of things that you need to do if you're a blogger and you said it yourself earlier, like if you're a content creator, you do everything yourself. So what are the skills you have acquired through years of running Explore Utrecht? Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, skills you can always work on. I think the main thing that, um, that came along all those years was confidence. Because um, as a blogger or Instagram or whatever you do, if you work in a creative business, it is being creative. And it's, it is like putting your ideas and your soul out there. And not everyone is as careful to think, oh, well, she wrote a nice blog or whatever. It was always something, oh, no, that's misspelled. Or, or oh, no, that picture isn't good. No, people are always critical about something. So I think... After a while, you you have to get used to that because that's just how people, some people are, and they don't realize the work that goes into something, and they don't realize if the person is not a creative themselves, they don't realize it's your passion or your thing that you're putting out there. So I think that's the main thing: um, getting confident in that, in your abilities to create something, and having more guts just to put something that's maybe not finished, just put it out, whatever. Let's see how what what happens. Um, that's the main thing. And then following up, I would say running a team, finding people that match you. Um, but that's uh, worked in HR. So that's always been something I could have developed along in, in HR as well, like recruiting the, the people that match the blog to write for. And also your writing skills of taking up photography as well, which I really love. And I'm uh, taking workshops and stuff in that to grow in that as well. Um, now I'm starting to do more like testing with video and um, so you, you, you keep on learning and that's you know that's the, the fun thing of running your own thing your own blog you always keep on learning and doing new stuff otherwise you will be always be like dependent on other people speaking of different skills are you not afraid of how quickly the trends shift for example with instagram like okay we got stories and that was fine but then um suddenly we got igtv and then it didn't quite work as well as they wanted it to but now they're reels and uh yeah everyone's pushing reels yeah like uh sometimes it feels that you have to like adapt really quickly to everything a social network throws at you just to remain i'm not gonna say relevant but to remain performing on the mm -hmm. platform i would say relevant as well but that's why i've i don't depend on social media i depend on my blog I've, I know a lot of bloggers that went totally for Instagram, you know, the, the micro blogging, whatever it's called nowadays. Um, they stopped blogging and started doing loads of Instagram, grew very big on Instagram, and, you know, sponsorships, etc. But doing a lot of Instagram, you're doing a lot of uh, work for someone else's platform. So actually, you're working for Mark, you're not working for yourself. <laughs> And you know, and every time something new come along, like not reels, or they're, I don't know, they're updating the the platform, it crashes again, and then you're you you know you have your your post because you have a sponsorship, and that crashes. Um, you're too dependent on on social media. So always number one is my blog, and not Instagram, not Facebook, not Twitter. It's my blog, and that's where um, people come to. You know, and you Google. I want people. Right now, like I said, last year I did the SEO. For this year, I'm taking it a step further and looking at really what, like which blogs performed and writing more about those blogs. I have like the Dutch and the English side. I always get loads of questions about, for example, relocating to the Netherlands. Uh, it was also part of my um, job being an HR person. So I'm going to do that loads more. Um, so I'm going to really write for Google. Um, and that's going to get me more people on my blog than depending on Instagram to get me followers. 
So I think the main thing is really it's your own platform and loads of people have lost sight of their own platform. Yeah, that's a great advice. Like I have totally put my websites on the back burner because I'm currently <laughs> focusing on other things like this podcast and YouTube and stuff. But I do know that at some point I need to like sit down and write and I have a lot of things that I want to write about. I just don't have time. <laughs> yes, but I think also YouTube and um, podcast, I think that they work differently and as social media you can have your platform on youtube as well you can have your platform as a podcaster as well and yeah but ultimately on youtube you still depend on the algorithm that somebody else wrote and somebody yes. else is tweaking all the time yes Podcasts that is the case are essentially self-hosted so mm-hmm. They are somewhat like a blog, but they yes. have way less visibility, sadly. Exactly, they know. do. But maybe that will change because they're getting very popular nowadays. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, no, yeah, f- focus on your own thing. And it can also be, a, for example, a newsletter. huh? Um, it doesn't need to be like a whole blog. It needs to be your own corner of the world, your community that you have, well, let's say, control over. Um, because, yeah even SEO, Google also changes. So everything does change, but some people go all in on one platform. Yeah, you should never put all your eggs in one, one basket. basket. No, never. Yeah. Virtualbeerpodcast.com So you told me you are very selective and strategic when it comes to monetizing your blog, but last year you started your own uh, content marketing agency, basically. Can you tell me more about that? When did it launch? How did it launch? And why did it launch? (laughs) Well, I I stopped working at HR um, because I didn't, um, I wasn't able to grow and I'm quite ambitious and wasn't able to do what I wanted to do. So it was, it was actually, and I worked there for nine years. So it's, it was time to leave. I have experience for 10 years already running a blog, running an online community. I was giving people advice already on, on well, mainly uh, Instagram, uh, Instagram marketing. Um, and then I thought, why not just do this for myself? No, so it's like it grew from Explore Utrecht and actually it's still a part of um, Explore Utrecht and it's just a way for me to diversify because also I don't want to be dependent on sponsors constantly and what we have seen with the lockdown is that sponsored, you know, sponsors cancelled everything they had running at, you know, with influencers mainly and I was and I am a local influencer so I didn't quite have an issue with people cancelling things with me um, they were actually starting up more a sponsorship with me because I was very local. So that worked out for me. Um, and so I started the company to help other people um, also grow a, like a brand online and not be focused actually too much on Instagram or social media, but really focus on if I Google your name, what do you want me to see? Because you can control what I want, you know, what you want other people to find and see. And lots of people think, oh, I can only be on Instagram and there are, you know, my, my target group is there and I can grow a business there. And I would say, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> I um, mean, because everybody's on Instagram, <laughs> theoretically, every target group is on Instagram. Yes. But, <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, no, let's not do that. You know, let's see how you want to be seen online. What's your brand like? And then with those clients, I work on a content strategy. Um, so we, we see, are you more a talker? Then maybe you should start, let's say, a podcast. Are you more a writer? Let's see if you can start a blog on your website where you offer your, you know, your services as well um, and grow from there. Um, what's your niche? What can we do if people Google your name or Google your, your offering? Um, what comes up? As we were preparing for the show, you told me that uh, a, a thing that business owners today get completely wrong about social media marketing is that they focus too much on social media. Is is this it? But you, you, they they still need to use social media in order to get their message across. So what's the where's the line between focusing too much on let's say Instagram and using Instagram mm-hmm. for something more purposeful in the end? 
Yeah, you want to have an impact. So I think also using, it's not a bad thing if you only use um, social media, but if you use it, use it to make a lasting impact on your audience. And uh, because th that's the whole thing, you want to stay top of mind. That's what social media is for. But you also want to create your own corner on the web that's about you and your business where you can always refer people to because people want information and they go looking for information. They, own, they don't always go looking for information on, on Instagram. They sometimes just, they, loads of people still Google, you know, and then you're lost. They can't find you. If you put so much effort, and I'm not talking about like restaurants nowadays or stuff like that or, or, or a coffee place. I'm talking if you are an entrepreneur and you have a business or you have an, like an online shop or whatever, um, or you're a coach, you want people to refer to something other than Instagram. You know, you want to say, oh, here are my services. I wrote this blog. I can really help you. And it's such a waste if you write some people like micro blog on Instagram I'm like, yeah, throw in two more hundred words and you have a blog and then you, you know, you recap that blog for Instagram. You know, it's not that hard to think of one major um, content source and then spread it around. Yeah, repurposing content. Is, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think people are just intimidated with everything that goes into writing a blog post, for example, SEO, etc. But you need SEO for Instagram nowadays anyways. Because you need to write quite smartly for your for your you know your account to pop up. It works kind of the same for for uh, Google. And if you write a blog post, five hundred words, how much characters is Instagram? I don't even know. And you cut it into like a recap for a hundred words. You have an Instagram post, and maybe what I do like if I write a blog, I write a blog. I don't know seven tips something like that, 10 tips. If I write a blog for 10 tips, I actually have 11 Instagram posts. Right. So that's what I do. Um, I don't waste my time thinking of 11 Instagram posts and have nothing on my website, you know, or an ebook. When I write an ebook, fine, I can write an ebook. I have an ebook, I think it's 10 pages. That gives me like unlimited resource of Instagram posts. It can be like people think it's too much. Oh, I need to write a blog. I need to think about this and that. But it's like spending all your time only writing for social media. I think actually, I think that's a waste of time. If I remember correctly, you've launched the creatorstudio.nl right before the first lockdown, right? <laughs> yes. How was that? <laughs> People found themselves, and then with people, I mean like organizations, like city marketing organizations, for example. I think for them, this was also an, a new thing because they were also only focusing on bloggers from, I don't know, Europe, let's say Italy, Germany, whatever, Spain, bringing them to the Netherlands, to Amsterdam, to Utrecht, to The Hague, and showing them, you know, more Holland promotion outside, like international promotion of the Netherlands. And suddenly they were like, oh God, what do we need to do now? My work shifted from my own agency to Export Utrecht more. But after, I think after the first lockdown was done, things started rolling again. People started being unsecure, you know, unsecure what's going on and just thinking, yeah, well, we need to get our business going because we, we don't know how long this is going to last. So I, start, I worked for a museum for a few months. It was more for a closed museum than open one, but okay. <laughs> they needed to be more visible online. So that worked out perfectly. Um, and I had clients that wanted to like really invest in their visibility online. And yeah, took the time to do so. And I think a lot of people finally found out how important online is. You know, lots of like shops and restaurants or whatever were like, oh, we're fine. People can, you know, come to us and, you know, stuff like that and now they found themselves like oh shit what now there's where i came in <laughs> so so growing a community as large as i did is now really paying off with the pandemic everybody's now living on the internet maybe even more than we used to before mm -hmm. uh, did that bring any shift or any changes to the world of content marketing it did i think a lot of people now see themselves as content marketeers or <laughs> Instagram strategists and like, uh, yeah, you have like two followers. What 
are you talking about? You know, stuff like that. Um, so lots of people are doing that nowadays. And I think, I'm not sure it's because lots of people are on Instagram, but to be quite honest, I find it a little bit boring nowadays because everyone does the same thing. There are some people that are like real creators and then you find them and then you go, oh, you you know, you put, you make this work for you and you put like all your talent into it. But mostly it's just like, blah, and you're like, oh, okay, you know? And that's why, that's because lots of people went to the platform looking for visibility and doing what other people do instead of doing what suits them and, you know, what makes them shine. So I think, yeah, that's a bit of an issue at the moment. Hmm. Does make you think? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because lots of like stores didn't, you know, they were, they didn't have a web shop because it was always, oh, we do it another time. Oh, we do it another time. We don't need it right now. We do it another time, you know, or an Instagram account. No, no, I don't have time. I'm just running my shop right now and people are coming in. That's fine. So lots I mean, of people you know, never thought about online. It's better to not do it than to do it badly. But at that time you realize, yeah, maybe you should have done it badly because now you have nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they needed to rush it. So it wasn't perfect anyways. So, you know, and, and what is perfection anyways? You know, you perfect something along the way and every time it, it changes. Every time your perspective of perf perfect changes, you know? So nothing is always, it, it is, nothing is set in stone. It's, this is the way it should be. So now you're done, you know, and everyone copies each other. Instead of just yeah, doing like if it, your if own it thing. worked for this person, it's gonna work for me because we are in exactly. similar niches and exactly. stuff. Exactly. I have that thing uh, as well. When I was like, uh, I would, I was never like fully committed to growing my own Instagram account. I grew some accounts for clients and stuff, yeah. but like for my own, it was always like, okay, that this is just me going around taking photos. But at one point, I was like, okay, I have to post a photo of a canal in Amsterdam because yeah. that <laughs> that still performs really well. It but does. then you end up being stuck taking the same photo on the same corner of Prinsengracht uh, every week. And it's just so boring. It is. But yeah, beginning photographers see that and they think, oh, that's that's what I need to do, you know? I mean, people need validation. <laughs> exactly. But I think, you know, you have your own, you're not, everyone isn't the same. Well, on that note, um, you've been on like both sides of the coin uh you've worked as an influencer yourself and you are working as a content strategist now collaborations with brands and like hospitality establishments have always been important for blogs like explorer tract but we've also seen different trends there for example at one point instameets were a thing oh and then instameets were fun but then they became too big like i was once at an instameet in a restaurant in amsterdam and there was like 150 other people with oh like two, two 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 tables of food you can photograph and like there's literally nothing you can do that somebody's not doing already and like no did you see any 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 shifts in that area what is that brands should be looking for if they want to uh have a social media campaign with let's say an influencer or just like a social media mm -hmm, campaign mm -hmm. in general not only restaurant but like museums as well um they were more like into empty meats I don't know how this started, but I was getting like, and still getting invites for like, em like empty meats for a museum or like, um, and they come to a restaurant and taste our menu or whatever. And I think like the, 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 the smaller entrepreneurs learn from their like bigger companies. And that's, there is where it goes wrong because the bigger companies, they're not going to offer you what you are worth. They're just going to say, Hey, you want to do our campaign? We give you, I don't know, this and this and that, or, uh, we have a budget and you can make this money, whatever. So a, you need to ask for what you're worth. Um, otherwise you're just not going to get it. And so that where it starts and, and lots of people are still doing things for free because either they're insecure about if they can ask money or not, or they think I'm too small, I cannot ask money or whatever. Um, and to be quite honest, there's, there's not like no written book on how much an influencer should 
um, earn. Um, it's not like you have this branch, you know, as, and what, what's it called? CAO. And it says, if you're in bracket number one, it should be this. If you're bracket number two, there's no, everyone thinks of their prices um, themselves, but like ask for it. If there's a budget, what's your budget? This is my price, etc. Um, and a lot of like smaller people see all those bigger companies having people over, you know, for exposure and not paying anything. Um, no, I'm kind of over that. Also, empty meets. I never really. I think I went to an empty meet twice just to see I've what it was been like. Invited twice, so yeah. The, and I was like, what's the use? People follow me because they want to see what I like, but also the interaction. You know, if I go to an empty museum, they're gonna think, oh, no one goes to that. Sh you know, no one goes to that museum. So why should I? Instead, this. The, And what I do with Explore Utrecht is show the experience that I have, but also other people walking there, other people viewing the paintings. Ever, you know, I don't I, I, have. I think like, it started because for a photographer, going to a museum that's constantly busy can yeah. actually be very annoying. Like sometimes I want to admire the building, or sometimes I actually want to. Uh, you know, take a photo of an artwork in the yeah. space just without a crowd of people there. Yeah. So, like, I can see how, you know, some Instagrammers can find that actually very, like, inspiring. You have more time. You can do exactly. stuff. But at a certain point, about, like, ballerinas and, I don't know, outfit changes. I'm like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> is this about the art? What am I doing here? You know? It's, it's like, it's really... And for me, like I said, it was... For me, it was the... And I can understand what you say, because when I want to take a picture of a facade, I don't want people walking around with Albertine bags and whatever, <laughs> right. you know, crowding, you know, my vision. And so then, yeah, I wait and wait and wait until I can take a picture. And But for um, within, like, museums or restaurants, it is important for me, I, I need other people to tell my story. Um, so I want other people there. And I can understand that they don't so um but that's why i stopped going i'm like that doesn't make any sense for me uh, and also restaurants i still do tastings a lot because i just i love food um but i'm very selective in the restaurants i work with now i was i was already selective but now I'm even more so and to be quite honest i'm even thinking about totally cutting that out of um out of the blog and i just pay whatever, if I go to dinner for a restaurant and I share that. Because I don't think people, like like you said, like they just invite everyone. And, it's, you know, they don't put any thought into it. So what's your tip for, let's say, a brand or a restaurant or a tourism board who wants to work with an influencer? Like, don't make big instameets because they're weird or... <laughs> Select the person that represents your brand the best way. I think that will be it. Like, like let's say for, for smaller brands or local, let's say a local restaurant, l let's say the Eclair guy. And I'm not sure how much his eclairs cost, but <laughs> <laughs> let's say he sells them for six euros, for example. Um, then I would work with a lifestyle blogger that's more like high class. Then I would work for a blogger that only writes about student and student food, to be quite honest. Because you want your eclair to have that status, mm -hmm. you know? Th that's what an eclair is about. It's like fancy. It's fancy food for people that enjoy life enjoy a cup of coffee and sit there and you know that's what you want your your your, your i think at least your 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 eclair to be about it's yeah. about something and of course you can have you know a rich student i don't know <laughs> can like an eclair as well but they're then in that aspirational group rather than in the student food group right exactly you you want something that represents your brand it, it, it could be if you you know if you're something if you're a brand that has like hey you can make this dinner in five minutes um, and these are the ingredients you can be a little bit more um low-key i mean um, low priced maybe but see where you wanna what is it you want people to feel when they are interacting with your brand. I think that's the most important thing. If I see like a very expensive, fancy eclair, I think of rich lifestyle, you know, 
you don't need to be rich as say have money to have a rich lifestyle let's be clear about that one but it's something you want people to you want you, you want a certain emotion and that's what i'm missing with loads of sponsorships it's oh just tell people this is the menu and they can eat it you know i'm like yeah but what is the emotion behind your restaurant what is it that you want to draw people to and i think that's what's missing nowadays i rather also work with people not once but like you know every time you have a new menu every time you have a new eclair at the same person or the same group of people taste your menu and not every time another another person because you you grow as a brand as well and and it's more authentic if you have a steady stream of exposure with certain people then oh god I'll just invite everyone and see where it sticks you know it's just it's a, it's a different kind of feeling so i think yeah i think lots of people maybe don't even think about their brand in that way you just oh i have this fence here clear it's for everyone and that where it goes <laughs> wrong nothing is for everyone yeah and ultimately you don't want everyone to get it because you can't produce as many of them so that everyone can have it <laughs> exactly and l- lately i've been getting well kind of a rumor <laughs> I'm not supposed to say actually but <laughs> you know some people some restaurant owners really won't work with certain influencers anymore because their content is just not of quality so they say I'm sorry no okay not even if they have like really big numbers no interesting no because they're really and finally they're seeing that they want the content to be what they would put out on their own social media So we're getting there. In three short sentences, <laughs> what are your top three content marketing tips? First of all, start with your own corner of the internet. So is that going to be a blog, a podcast, whatever? Start with that. Second of all, do what you love. Don't do what you see other people doing. And the third would be be yourself. Don't copy paste someone else's I don't know concept or whatever just do what you want to do even if you're unsure or uh, you don't know what you're doing just be you all right do you have any branding or or marketing tips for me for you oh yeah. god <laughs> <laughs> i think you are pretty much yourself <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's like- <laughs> always like a struggle as to what to focus on because I always have so many things going on at once. Like for example, yeah. I also make music. I have this podcast. Yeah. I am a photographer. I do, you know, it's just a uh, a lot. Um and I'm always yeah. thinking like is there something that I should be doing that I'm missing? Like is there something I should really be doing but I'm too lazy? No, I think you need to be If you find the right formula that works for you, I think it you know the magic word is always consistency. Right. You need to be consistent in what you do and that's how you grow, that's how you learn. And I don't think it really matters if you do different things because I also do different things. Uh, I get bored if I do one thing. Um usually I never finish one thing either. <laughs> I go on to the next. I mean, projects um, are never finished. They're just abandoned. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, so something going on um, and I have many ideas. Um, but if you have like one thing that you really, really like something you want to launch or you really want to grow in, I would focus on that and go with that. But don't give up on the other things that you like because you're going to, you know, you're going to need something to, go back to every time you know some something sometimes something doesn't go the way you want it to go yeah and then you need you need to abandon it you know do something else and then go back to it that's not a bad thing sometimes you really need to think about the direction you're taking and and i think you should allow yourself to take that time and doing different things means you are growing in like several ways and it's it's different for everyone some some people need focus to do something and other people need to be like scattered all over the place uh, to find out what they really like um so yeah what I if you like say, all of it 
well, enjoy all of it, you know, enjoy all of it and, and do it. And I think the main thing is, what is it that, again, when, you know, someone Googles your name or when you Google your name, what is it you want to find? What is it truly that defines yeah, you? Yeah, what do you want to be known for? Yeah, no, what does define yeah. you? What is you? Okay. And not what you want to be known for. Some people think, oh, but I want to do... They all, it's always external. And some, when something is external, it doesn't, it doesn't last. So what is it that you really, really want to show the world and go for that? And if it's everything, it's photography, video or whatever... Uh, I mean, food, we used to be a big part of it as well. Yeah. Because like, uh, but then when I initially wanted to do it, like I also have a food blog for the, for those who don't know, but I haven't like posted anything to it for a long time. Uh-huh. Uh, initially, I didn't have time to like make good food videos because let's say I only had like Fridays off and it would take me five days. So like five Fridays to make one video Yeah, that was like just not working Uh and now during the lockdown i spent a lot of time in the kitchen but that was like an escape from everything else so i was Uh like i kind of don't want to bring my camera into the kitchen right now because it's your time like yeah so like just finding that balance has been and then how do you go from like talking about bread to talking about cameras (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) i think I think you can make it work because you need, you know, to take a good shot of that bread. You you do need to know about (laughs) how a camera works, you know, and it's the same with me. People see my pictures of the city, but they're also interested in what presets I use or how I shoot that video, how I chose that angle. And and you can make it. It's 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 what makes actually a creator. It's several things. You don't do just one thing, but think of one storyline that you should tell and that's always your personal story it's never someone else's story or something else you copy paste and you know make your passions work for you and i think you know really think about what is it you want to put out in the world what is it you can teach people that makes you happy and that's what you go for and you know lots of people brand for a market you know um they do like, and I've never done that, investigate or research the market. Oh, this is what people like. So this is what I'm going to put out. That's not sustainable because you're not going to last very long if you do it that way. If you do what other people like, you need to do what you like, show people what you like, and eventually you will find a market for that. It is what takes the long way because it's it's the hard road. Maybe it sounds selfish, but if you cater to yourself and you do it in an honest way, authentic way, you will find your own community that likes what you do. And the final question, what are the plans for both Explore Utrecht and Creator Studio in the Mm, future? Creator Studio, I can be very short about. (laughs) (laughs) So that I'm going to go with one course right now. Um, I had several courses, to be quite honest, because I also always change everything. So I decided, no, it's not working for me. And I am... um, I'm deci- I've decided to go with the online marketing, so I really th- uh, content marketing. I really think with people, how can I make uh, my brand online bigger? That's the main thing, and, uh, and that's like uh, one course that I'm going to put out there, and that's it. And with Exploratory, actually, I don't know yet. Um, the, the brand is not going to be as much about the city anymore, which it was in the beginning. It's going to be more about me. So we're switching things around. Okay, that's, that's, interesting. That's going to be a main thing. We're bringing fashion back because, to be quite honest, it's the biggest part of my life. Um, and I love it. Um, I love clothes. I, I don't like following trends. Actually, I never follow trends. I always do what I want and, and style outfits and things the way I want it. There's, there are followers for everyone. Some people might find it even more interesting but it is something that's going to make me happy and eager to get going again. And that's actually the only focus I need to have. So that's the most important thing. Thank you for being my guest today. Hope you enjoyed. I surely did. This was Diana Hara Polonia, and you can find her online at exploreutrack.com 
and at creator-studio.nl. Thanks for listening to another episode of Virtual Beer. You can find the podcast at virtualbeerpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you liked this, please consider rating and reviewing it on iTunes. It really helps to a small podcast like this. All the relevant links will be in the show notes or in the description of this YouTube video if you're watching this as a YouTube video right now. Once again, thanks for listening and I'll see you and hear you in the next one. Yeah. I think that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very good. All right.